Welcome to the Audacity to Podcast, episode 61. What's new in Audacity 1.3.14? Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Audacity to Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel J. Lewis, also known as The Ramen Noodle on Twitter, the name of my Clean Comedy Podcast, over at cleancomedypodcast.com. Just after I released last week's episode, which was all about audacity and how to record and edit a podcast with audacity, guess what happened? A new version of Audacity came out, like right after I released the episode. I thought about just holding off on that episode and re-recording an episode so I could have something very timely, but I was really surprised that a new episode or a new version of Audacity came out, although I shouldn't be, but unfortunately I am because typically Audacity versions haven't come out for a year and they usually come out near April. So that a new version came out this soon was great to see. But should you be upgrading to it? Should you be rushing over and grabbing it? I do recommend that you upgrade to it because each version brings with it several improvements, several fixes, and sometimes even new features. This version is not as huge as 1.3.13 was. That was the version that I highly recommended and even just said in last episode I said use version 1.3.13 good thing I said at the time of this recording and dated it because a few hours later a new version comes out let me tell you what is new in audacity 1.3.14 this is the beta version but please don't let the tag beta scare you away because it's very important that you use this version of Audacity. Version 1.2 does not work with the latest operating systems like OS X or Windows Vista or Windows 7. In fact, when they sent the email to me announcing that the newest version had come out, here's a line that they say in the email. 1.3.14 is now the only version that supports Windows 7, Windows Vista, and Mac OS 10.4 to 10.7. Please upgrade to 1.3.14 if you are using Audacity 1.2 on those systems. So if you run that, OS 10.4 to 10.7 is a very broad range. But if you run that version, make sure that you're using the latest version of Audacity. And right now, that's 1.3.14. So let me tell you what's changed. This comes straight from their release notes of what's changed, and I'll explain a couple of these a little bit more to you. There are several bug fixes. This is primarily a bug fix change, and you may or may not have noticed some of these bug fixes. First, in the interface, they said that they removed excessive delay occurred when typing into labels in lawn projects. One of my listeners actually mentioned this, that they said when they were using Audacity 1.3.13, that they noticed it ran a lot slower on their large project that had labels. So this fixes that problem. 
I couldn't find out who that was. It's too far back in my archive to find it, but someone had that problem and this now fixes that problem. Secondly, it says uh, these are bug fixes, bugs that they fixed. Last digit of time text controls could not be manipulated in some formats. For Windows and OS X, the play and record shortcuts did not work after clicking in device toolbar. I have not noticed this, primarily because I don't use Audacity to actually do my recording, but maybe you've noticed this before. And I also don't use the play button to play the audio. I press the space bar. Whenever I want to play, that's what I do. I press space bar instead of actually pressing the play button. So I hadn't noticed this problem, but maybe you've noticed it too. On OS X and Linux, crash occurred if toolbars were reset during playback or recording. For imports and exports, James Bond's specialty, MP2 files were not importable without FFmpeg library or an import rule that's now fixed. Files that could be imported using FFmpeg imported as noise with no error message if FFmpeg was not available. So what they've basically done is integrated it better with this add-on, which is called FFmpeg. FFmpeg allows you to import and export more than just a few formats into Audacity. So if you've got M4A files, which is what iTunes likes to use many times, you can import those into Audacity only if you have FFmpeg. And there are other formats too that you can import and export by using it. So they've integrated this a little bit more intelligently between those. And also files containing PCM audio, such as WAVE. WAVE is uncompressed audio, but is a PCM format. So PCM audio, files containing PCM audio, but an incorrect extension such as MP3 caused a freeze. I've seen this. When you would go to export a WAV file, I would sometimes click on the name of a file that I already have and I want it to overwrite that file. If I accidentally clicked on an MP3, it would name that file mypodcast.mp3. Even though it's saving it as a wave, it would be named as a .mp3. I had seen that crash or that freeze happen a couple times before. Effects and analysis. This gets kind of technical here, but I'll go ahead and tell you because maybe you can rejoice over these things. An empty command could be added to a chain which then displayed a Nyquist error message when run. So no more empty commands available. Plot spectrum didn't preserve signal level if multiple tracks were analyzed. So another problem fixed. I don't do these things. These are really advanced audio editing things that you can do with Audacity, by the way, but far beyond the needs of most podcasters. So we probably haven't discovered these things, these tools yet. Other bug fixes. Audacity has been provisionally fixed so that it can no longer create block files larger than the sample format or project format allows and can no longer delete these, which led to data loss. Any overlawn blocks found are preserved but orphaned, so will appear as silence. This is talking about when you link an audio file or embed audio files into your project and you move things around, you delete things, you rename things. 
sometimes you can end up with these orphaned bits and what they're calling blocks and some other stuff. So Audacity will now not waste disk space, but also will keep track of these files a bit better. They continue, orphan block files were wrongly reported if cutting or copying to the clipboard, then reopening the project in the same session. That that could be a workflow thing that some of you might have noticed. I haven't noticed that before, but it's nice that it's fixed now. Fixed some crashes and incorrect movement of audio when dragging tracks. On Windows, data loss is now prevented when encountering a corrupt Audacity project file created in ANSI blocks. Woohoo! That means nothing to most of us. In Linux, restore building if use port mixer is not defined. Technical. Now, here are some nice improvements that you'll probably like. Normalize. You know how I recommend the Normalize tool? I use Normalize all the time. When I know my volume doesn't need to be evened out like with a compressor, but it just needs to be all a certain level or amplified to a certain level or deamplified to a certain level so that the loudest point is no louder than my preference is minus one decibel. I use the normalize tool. I do this all the time. Whenever I get sound clips from movies or TV shows, like in my new podcast over at oncepodcast.com, all about ABC's Once Upon a Time TV show, Whenever I get the sound clips, the first thing I do is I normalize them. So here's what they did to improve normalize. Faster processing and improved interface. This is great. They said that the left and right balance in unsplit stereo tracks is now preserved by default with a checkbox often provided to process stereo channels independently. Here's what would happen. Normalize will look at your audio across the entire track and will find the loudest point and it amplifies your audio so that that loudest point is no louder than the limit you set or it deamplifies it so that it's no louder than that limit you set. Like I said, I use minus one decibels. If you did this on a stereo track, not just separate left track and right track, but an actual stereo track where you see the two tracks are connected together and treated as a single track. That's stereo. What would happen is that it would amplify both tracks. So if you have something that's quiet on the left side and loud on the right side, it would amplify them both separately so that left side would now be much louder proportionally to the right side than it was. Now you have this option of you can do this either on a whole track basis, so it will just amplify the whole track the same amount and not change that balance between left and right, or you have the option to do it independently so it will treat it as if they're separate tracks and normalize them independently. This is great. This will help a lot in not messing up stereo uh, laid out audio for sound effects or music or whatever. Spectrograms now allow window sizes up to 32,768 and frequencies up to half the sample rate, the maximum possible. That's not too exciting. Now this one's good. Mix and render now preserves clip length by not rendering white space between time zero and first audio. 
and preserves audio before time zero. To retain silence before the audio starts, generate silence after render. This sounds confusing, but here's what happens. Mix and render is a way that you can grab multiple audio tracks in Audacity and have it mix them together and render them as a single track. That's why they call it mix and render. It's kind of like if you have a Photoshop file with multiple layers and then you flatten all of those together and treat it now as a single layer. Or it's like mixing in a bunch of dry ingredients together. So now you're treating it like a single ingredient. You no longer have the separated salt and pepper and flour and baking soda. It's all now in one clump. It's now a single layer. That's what mix and render does, which is a very useful tool many times because if you don't need your tracks separated or if it's starting to get irritating having separate tracks for certain things, this is an easy way to mix them together. The problem was if you left, intentionally left or unintentionally left, empty space between clips. So maybe you have a a two-second clip and then empty space, not just silence, but actual empty space. And then another clip, what would happen when you would do mix and render is if there was nothing to go in that empty space, it would still generate silence there. Where this got annoying for me is when I have a track that was recorded but only has a couple sounds on it, like in the Audacity podcast, I record my audio, my sound clip track separately from my voice track. So I have audio at the very beginning, audio at the very end, usually nothing in the middle. So what I do is I just delete that empty space in the in the middle. Or actually, I do a split delete. So then I end up with an opening clip and a closing clip and about 45 minutes of nothing in the middle. If I did a mix and render on that, it would suddenly add stuff in the middle. It would add silence in the middle, making the project take up a whole lot more space, which matters when I archive my projects to disk. I don't need it taking up that much space. So this is nice that they fixed this mix and render bug. Grouped some edit menu items into remove audio and clip boundaries. This will help you when you're in Audacity and using the menu, this will help you to better see how these tools are organized and what is for what and such. So that organization helps with their usability, I think. Clean speech mood, clean speech mode removed from interface preferences. It still runs if it was enabled previously in Audacity, but can only be turned off there. I never used the clean speech mode. Clean speech mode was this special customized interface with fewer menus and certain effects presets that it would make it, it would like only show what you need in Audacity for this particular editing workflow. It's possible it could have been a good thing for podcasters, but I hate it when things are hidden. I don't like tools hidden And if someone is using a different interface and I tell them go to such and such tool and they don't have it, then that can create problems and we have to try and find it. So they have disabled that. They might reintroduce it in a future version, but for now they have disabled that from the beta line of Audacity. 
For OS X, they added support for the audio unit music effects, but no MIDI support. This is a, a built-in um, thing with OS X, so they've added that. And then a couple things for Linux. They set the per-user files directory per the program name set and configure. And they changed the default location of the Audacity temporary directory for Linux users. And I'll have that actual path in the notes over at the audacitypodcast.com slash 61. So if that stuff didn't mean anything to you, here are the main things to take away from that. What you need to know, what will make a difference for you. If you use labels in Audacity, Audacity will probably not crash or hang or take so long to work with if you use labels in lawn audio projects. If you like using the play and pause buttons or record buttons in the Audacity toolbar, Audacity 1.3.14 makes it so that they actually work if you also use the device toolbar. If the normalize tool is part of your normal workflow, and I do recommend that it be part of your normal workflow, then these improvements will be really nice for you. You need Audacity 1.3.14. If you ever use this mix and render command to merge multiple audio tracks into a single audio track, then you need Audacity 1.3.14. If you don't do these things, then it's really not that significant of an update. But I would still recommend updating to it anyway because there might be some other things that they've improved and haven't mentioned or there might be some of these other issues like the whole orphaned blocks thing and stuff that may affect you and you just may not know it. So let me know what you think. If you have already upgraded to Audacity 1.3.14 or are upgrading to it and you notice improvements or you notice that it has not improved certain things, then I would certainly love to hear that. So you can send that to, and this is new feedback information, send it to feedback at the audacity to podcast.com or call our new phone number, which is 903-231-2221. That's the new feedback information for the podcast. The old stuff still works. The phone number might take you to my business voicemail now because I'm using the old phone number, 859-353-4332, that number. I'm using that for my business line now, especially since it's on my business cards and the way I have it set up. And this new number, 903-231-2221, is a separate Google Voice account I opened up that will be specifically for podcast feedback. So keep that information in mind. And if you need me to design something for you, want to hire me to do some work for you, then that other phone number will work great for you. And speaking of doing work, I do want to let you know that I am raising my prices a little bit for podcast cover art. So if you need podcast cover art, email me now. I'll be sending the uh, or updating the prices in January. But if you email me now through podcastcoverart.com, I'll go ahead and, and honor the $150 price. I'll probably be updating it to $200 for podcast cover art, or uh, maybe somewhere between those two. 
But if you want to get podcast cover art designed by me and you want to get it at the lower price, then email me now. And even if you don't pay me now, I'll still honor the price now. But just go to podcastcoverart.com and you can sit, submit the request through there. By the way, Christmas is coming up and a couple people had asked me to release some another podcast episode or blog post that would be similar to what I did last year of of Christmas gifts for podcasters. But I decided not to do that this year primarily because I've already done it and I can't think of much more that I would add to that list. I think I I liked the list. But also, it's kind of late now to get presents. But if you are interested in some of these things, you can go back to that previous episode. So you can see what I listed previously as suggestions for Christmas gifts. Go to theaudacitypodcast.com slash 25. A couple things are updated in that list, by the way, and I'll just remind you of these things. Some of the 10 Christmas gifts for podcasters that I recommended in order of price were an iPod AV cable so someone can connect a phone to a mixer, a wrist pad for a mouse, just makes it more comfortable using a mouse. I recommended rechargeable batteries. And back then I said Duracell value charger batteries with the charger, AA batteries, and it was about $13. I now prefer a different brand of rechargeable batteries. They're called Inaloop, or I, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. It's by Sanyo, but these are the best rechargeable batteries. They last up to 1,500 times of charging. So although it might cost about $2 per battery or $2.50 per battery, you get 1,500 charges out of these batteries. They work really well. They come pre-charged. They last well. I really like them, and these are the rechargeable batteries that I highly recommend. So I updated that post for that over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 25. Number four was an 8-gigabyte SD card for digital camera, video camera, uh, portable recorder. Now, Consider something even bigger, like a 32 gigabyte. Back then, it was $51. Uh, That price has come down now, but I do recommend that you get a quality, uh, a high-speed SD card, and you will appreciate it. Last year, I recommended, as number five, Mosey Online Backup, but I no longer recommend Mosey because Mosey is no longer unlimited backup. They are limited. If you have more than 100 gigabytes to backup, then Mosey will charge you extra for it. I don't recommend Carbonite either because if you have more than 100 gigabytes, they slow down your backups. Instead, I recommend Backblaze, and I have a link to that over at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 25, or you can use my affiliate link, noodle.mx slash Backblaze. They are super easy. They back up your entire computer, so you don't have to go through and configure what you want backed up. I really like them. Number six, a cordless mouse. I recommend the Cordless Performance Mouse MX from Logitech. It's about $75. I still use this mouse and I still love it. It is my favorite mouse. It works on so many surfaces and it's a wonderful mouse. Not great for left-handed people, but they might have a left-handed version. I don't think so, but you can 
maybe look into that. Number seven, I recommended great headphones. I really need to buy some new headphones because these that I have, I joke about that they now leave heavy, uh, headphone poop on my face, especially if I haven't shaved. The little rubber around the ears are coming off. So I need new headphones. If you want to get a gift for me, get some new headphones. <laughs> Number eight, a Heil overhead broadcast boom. It's the robot arm mic stand that allows me to move my mic around anywhere I want it to, basically, especially paired with a shock mount for a mic, then it's fantastic because you can move it around and not get the boom, boom, boom noise as you're moving your mic. Number nine, an Apple iPod Touch. Uh, It's depending on which one you get. It's around $200 to $400 or some other kind of Apple uh, mobile device. I love them because they're great for podcasts. They synchronize with iTunes. And the iPod Touches are cool because they have a lot of functionality that the iPhones do, but without having to get an iPhone or an AT&T or all of that data plan and everything. And number 10 was portable digital audio recorders such as the Zoom H4n, the Roland R-05, or maybe even something very small and compact and inexpensive like the Zoom H1. By the way, there's a new kid on the block for portable recorders. This is bonus content for you guys. This new recorder is the Olympus LS100 recorder. It has just been announced and it looks, wow, this thing looks really cool. Uh, It has an LCD screen and color and it has the XLR inputs like the Zoom H4n does. I haven't done much more looking into it, but it is quite an impressive little recorder, including it says it has eight track multi-tracking, but I think that's regarding mixing, not necessarily recording. But I'll have a link to this in the show notes for this episode at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 61. By the way, this recorder comes out in February and it will be $400. So not necessarily the best one for a budget, but it looks it looks amazing. It looks like a mixer, a recording studio on a device. It's pretty cool. So you can check out that list of Christmas gift recommendations over at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 25, where I'll have a link to that in this show notes episode at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 61. I got some other feedback from, uh, this time from Professor Allen regarding episode 59 when I talked about stereo versus mono. And you can listen to that over at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 59. He said, Daniel, I'm not a podcast producer, but am an avid podcast listener. I wanted to concur with something you said in episode 59. I totally agree. He has that in all caps, which, you know, are supposed to be shouted. With your point about not splitting voices between the left and right channels. I don't run across this a lot, but I have a few times, usually when two podcasters are at different locations, maybe recording via Skype. 
Anyway, this process of having different voices in different ears makes a podcast almost unlistenable. I spend a lot of my listening time with the earbuds or headphones in just one ear, and obviously that makes it impossible to listen to a podcast produced in this format, that is the splitting of left and right. Again, I just wanted to give the listener's perspective on that very helpful piece of advice. Keep up the good work, Professor Allen. Thank you very much, Professor Allen. I appreciate that and appreciate you chiming in as a listener. And it's kind of funny to have a non-podcast producer listening to a podcast about how to podcast. But Professor Allen has done some awesome research before. He's done a survey on what people listen to in podcasts and advertising. And it's really cool. It's an independent survey. And he gave me the results somewhere. I'll have to look up where that is. So check out the show notes over at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 61. And then you can see uh, these links and uh, the links to the previous things that I've mentioned. One last announcement, and I am excited about this. I have launched a new podcast, which I haven't done since the Audacity to Podcast. And that was in June of 2010. So we have a new podcast in the Noodle Mix Network, and I am one of the hosts on it. It's a very different podcast. It's very fun, and it has some familiar voices in it. We launched the Once Podcast over at oncepodcast.com. It's all about ABC's new TV show, Once Upon a Time, which is an awesome show. It has many of the same writers as Lost, and it has some Lost tie-ins. But if you haven't seen Lost, that's fine because it's still a really cool TV show. The premise of it is that there are a bunch of fairy tale characters that were put under the power of, of a really mean, bad curse that threw them into modern day life. In modern day life, they have fake memories. They don't know who they are. They don't know who they were or that they're under a curse. But there are characters that we start to see who is who. And then there's this one person that comes in who is supposed to be the savior, the bringer of happy endings and the one who can break the curse. But that character doesn't know that. And that character doesn't even believe that any of this is actually real, and so do most of the characters disbelieve that it's real. It's a really cool TV show. I just watched the latest episode, and oh, wow, it was awesome. We're going to record our podcast about that later tonight. So check that out, please. If you enjoy the TV show, check it out at oncepodcast.com. And especially, even if you're not interested in the TV show, can you do me a favor? And that is... Go to oncepodcast.com, click the subscribe in iTunes button, subscribe to the podcast, even if you're not interested, this, this just will help a lot. Subscribe to the podcast and leave a five-star rating and review, and that can help get the podcast featured in iTunes. That means more listeners, more feedback, more of a community developing there, and we would love for that to happen. So, that would be a huge help to us if you could do that, even if you're not interested in the podcast, but you could listen and see if you're interested. So the hosts are myself, Daniel J. Lewis, in case you forgot who I am, <laughs> my comedy co-host, 
Jeremy Laughlin, and my wife, Jenny Lewis. And also, we've got a new member to the Noodle Mix community, podcasters, and a co-host on our show is Dan Flynn. He was a lost addict. Now he's watching Once Upon a Time with us, and he brings some great perspective and observation to the table. So I'm excited to have launched a new podcast, which I haven't done in over a year. Please check it out at oncepodcast.com, and you can follow that Twitter account for that podcast at Once Podcast. And I would greatly appreciate it. There's also a Facebook page and things that you can do to like it, subscribe to it, follow it, and all of that. That's at oncepodcast.com. Lastly, this is the last episode before Christmas and actually the last episode of 2011. So I hope that you have a merry, wonderful Christmas and a happy new year. And I want to hear from you a few things. I want to hear about if you've ever thought about joining a podcast network, because I want to talk about that sometime, about what it means to join a podcast network, and also how not to request to join a podcast network. I want to know what you're planning to do differently in 2012 with your podcasting, with your social media, with your blogging, whatever. What are you going to do differently? Are you going to launch a podcast? Are you going to end a podcast? Are you going to change what you're doing in a podcast? Or are you going to hire me to design something for your podcast? (laughs) Hint, hint. Whatever it might be, I would love to hear from you what your new goals are and new ideas are that you want to pursue. And... So send those things to me, feedback at the audacity to podcast.com or call 903-231-2221. And you can also comment on the show notes for this episode over at the audacity to podcast.com slash 61. Make sure that you check out the new podcast at oncepodcast.com. Follow me on twitter.com slash the ramen noodle. And let me know what your plans are for the future of your podcast or podcast you want to start and whatever. Now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go podcast with passion, organization, and dialogue. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. Have a wonderful Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And thanks for listening. The Audacity to Podcast is a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Find more tech podcasts, and there are a lot there, at techpodcast.com. The Audacity to Podcast is also a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our podcasts with us on it, including the new Once Upon a Time podcast. Check it all out over at noodle.mx and get the new podcast at oncepodcast.com. Once again, that's noodle.mx, oncepodcast.com.